Alan Blackman is a Professor of Chemistry School of Science at the Auckland University of Technology. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, Catherine. And yeah, that tragic news just really puts everything into perspective. Um, And it sort of seems uh, not so much wrong, but difficult to talk about something like science at a time like this. And my commiserations to uh, Professor Collins' family. My goodness. Condolences, I'm sure, from from all around uh, as this news uh, is absorbed and and as more and more people hear about it, what a shock yes, it is indeed. indeed. Yeah, let's talk some science. Okay, <laughs> why are blueberries technically not blue? Yeah, yeah, this um, very very interesting. This and um, uh, I guess if you've ever looked at a blueberry, you know they get their name because they're blue. Um, but then when you open them up. Um, you'll see that the flesh inside is most definitely not blue. It's sort of a red-purple colour. And so you're probably thinking, well, so there must be a pigment in the skin, a blue pigment in the skin that gives the um, blueberry its distinctive colour. And, in fact, there's not. And so there's a bunch of workers um, in Germany and Finland and the UK who have shown why this is, in fact, the case. So... Ordinarily, um, you know, back in the day before artificial dyes and stuff like that, humans relied on um, sort of natural species and the extraction of colours and pigments from from natural species in order to, um, you know, dye their clothes and stuff like that. And um, you would sort of think that, okay, so blueberries are blue, so there must must be a blue pigment in there that you can extract to get a blue colour. And in fact... The skin of blueberries is, in fact, made up of colourless molecules. And this is this is the really, really weird thing. So these workers in Germany and Finland and the UK, they decided to have a look at the skin of blueberries under uh, an electron microscope. So you're looking at very, very, very small species there. And to their surprise, what they found when they looked at the skin was a whole bunch of really sort of microscopic or microstructures, in fact, um, containing these molecules of wax. And the wax molecules themselves are actually colourless. That's the weird thing. Okay, so the molecules that give the blue colour to blueberries are themselves colourless. And they showed this by uh, taking the surface layer off the blueberries by just dissolving it in chloroform, which is something that you would normally do if you're trying to extract uh, anything from um, sort of plants, those sorts of things. And when they did this extraction with chloroform, to their great surprise, they didn't get a blue solution, they got a colourless solution. Very, very weird. And so what they then did was they removed the chloroform from this solution, and lo and behold, they end up with a blue solid. And um, so, again, that got them thinking, how can that possibly be? How can you get colour out of something that's not coloured? And as an example of this, um, I'll, I'll give you the idea of oil and water. So, obviously, oil is basically colourless, water is basically colourless, but you put a drop of oil on some water and you look at it from the right direction and you get literally all of the colours of the rainbow. The reason being that light is interacting with the very, very, very thin film of oil on top of the water. That's what gives you the rainbow colour. So it's a similar sort of thing with blueberries. 
what is happening here is that you've got these microstructures, these absolute microstructures that self-assemble just right <laughs> to give a blue color when light interacts with them. And um, this to me, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite it's amazing. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, you, yeah. Uh, really, really, really you only cool. get your head around what color is and, uh, and how it operates, and then they go and play tricks like this on you. A- absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's it, it, it's what branch of science are we talking? Are we talking chemistry? Well, this yeah, this this is sort of I guess nanoscience. You would you would classify this as being sort of nanoscience and the science of nanomaterials, materials chemistry, this sort of stuff. So, where it's not so much the individual molecules are important, but it's how they all go together. Hmm that um, gives you the particular properties of interest. So, yeah. Fascinating. Uh-huh. Now, let's stay with, um, I never know, is it chameleon or chameleons? Chameleons, isn't Chame- it? Yeah, chameleons. Yeah, we'll go chameleon. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, blueberries arguably sort of are in a way, aren't they? The chameleon staying with colour. Mm-hmm. They're inspiring a new 3D printing technology. Yeah, well, this is extraordinarily similar to what's going on with the blueberries, and it's quite unusual that sort of two papers of such similar uh, content, I guess, are published basically in the same week. So these now are workers in the US, and they are looking at um, 3D printing. 3D printing has been you know, a big thing over the last, gosh, who knows how many years now. Um, and you can basically print anything you want, provided you've got the correct instructions. But if you want to make it any color you want, you're kind of limited by the polymer that you're using to 3D print. Um, and if you're just using a single colored polymer, you'll get a single colored printed object. And if you want a multicolored object, then you're going to have to stop and change your polymer and then keep going, etc., etc., etc. Wouldn't it be great if you get a whole bunch of different colors? from just using the one starting polymer. So these workers in the States have now been able to do this, and they've got a variety of colors now available during the 3D printing process that come from just a single colored uh, starting material, which is, again, amazing. And it's exactly the same principle as we saw with what's going on with the blueberries. So what they are able to do, and goodness knows how they do it, because um, (laughs) this this is beyond my ken, honestly. Um, They are able to, apparently with light, um, fix the microstructures that are present in the polymer that they're using to print their 3D material. Um, And they can fix it such that they can now essentially choose individual colors at any time in the process. So you can start off now with a single colored polymer and through amazing manipulation, um, you can then basically get a whole range of colors in your final 3D printed object. Um, And again, um, I sort of used the example um, of oil on water. Um, What's sort of going on here um, if you know or, or like about butterfly wings and, and of course chamele- uh, chameleons, um, the way that they have got these microscopic scales and again, these microscopic scales are colorless themselves, but when you orient them in a particular manner, then they can interact with light and they, in the case of butterflies, give you beautiful, you know, vibrant, vibrant blue colors. In the case of chameleons, you get basically all of the colors of the rainbow, literally. So um, these workers have essentially figured out how to do this, um, and essentially how to how to mimic chameleons in the lab. Extraordinary stuff. Absolutely amazing. 
there you go. It's biomimicry, isn't it? Where we, yes, absolutely. Where we imitate yes. what yep. nature, yep. which has learned a thing or two over the millennia. Well, they've, they've had a, <laughs> sort of a four billion head, <laughs> year head start on us sort of thing. So, if yeah, only we'd pay a bit more attention. Now, how can bananas, I've given you two minutes this two time, minutes this how time, can okay. bananas be used to fight the plastic waste crisis? Well, obviously, microplastics are everywhere. We're very concerned about this, but what the heck are we going to use uh, in their place if we do get rid of plastics? So a bunch of workers in the States, they've been looking at banana peels. Now, bananas are the fourth most grown crop in the world after rice, wheat, and corn. I did not know that. But there's 36 million tonnes of banana peels that go to waste every year. Now, they are biodegradable. So if we can make plastics out of those, then the plastic's going to be biodegradable. So these folk in the States have done this. They have extracted the, the good part, uh, the lignocellulose, and that's what they use to make the plastic. They extract that from the peels, and then they can cast that into a film. The film that they get out of this is stronger than your average supermarket plastic bag, so that's a really good sign. Also a really good sign that they biodegrade in 30 days if you bury them in the soil at 21% soil moisture level. So that's got to be good, so bananas may yet save the world. Well, actually, I hate to say this, but they're in a spot of bother, bother some of them, aren't they? I think there's some diseases affecting. Oh, actually, yeah. Actually, actually I was talking right, to an Australian who wants to use, it's another um, another tangent, wants to use gene editing to try and save the most. Is it the Cavendish that's the yeah, most Yeah, I think, there's, isn't it, there's, the one, there's only one species or something of banana. And yeah. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. There's one biggie anyway. <laughs> uh, look, bananas, it's been a banana, you know, kind of morning in a way with um, the uh, earlier story about potassium offsetting sodium. That's a Oof. story we could have talked to you about. Absolutely. As well. Um, in, 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 this is in salt. This is the um, potassium oh, added indeed. salt. Another day for that one. Alan Blackman, thank you uh, very much.